right, all right, all right. Good morning, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody on a beautiful springtime Sunday morning? Amen. Once the weather starts getting nice, everyone's all happy and in a good mood. And let's just keep that going year round. Amen. (laughs) Come on. Well, we're going to have an awesome, awesome service today. Um, We are going to be doing some baby dedications. We've got six children that we're dedicating to the Lord today. And it is a just absolutely wonderful, special occasion for us. So we are super excited about this. And of course, we're going to have a great time worshiping God. Amen. And reading the word of God together. Let's go ahead and stand up this morning. We're going to open up, as we always do, by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we are called to stand in the gap. We are called to intercede and to call revival down upon this nation. Amen. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah. All right. So what we're going to do now is we always take a few minutes to go around and say hello to everybody and uh, go ahead and give some high fives, some handshakes, some hugs if you're down for it. But we want everybody to feel welcomed and loved today. Let's go. Wandering into the Wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. And I tried with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond. And just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me that I was not alone. He picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master, I thank the savior, because he sealed my heart, changed my name, forever free. Hallelujah. 
There we go. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope everybody got a nice hug and felt a little love. You can be seated this morning. Amen. Got a wonderful day, like we said. Uh, we're dedicating the babies, and uh, it's a little bit crowded, so if, uh, hopefully you can find a seat there. The ushers are uh, setting up some extra chairs if you need them, but we'll squeeze them. Did everybody see our new coffee bar tables and chairs over there? Yeah. So praise God for that. 
and uh, and anyway, you can take advantage of that if need be. All right. Praise the Lord. Turns out we got all those tables and chairs. And now we need more because there's so many of you. Praise the Lord. We'll work on that. Okay. You just keep praying. Um, so we have a, a busy week as always. Um, men's meeting is Saturday at 9 a.m. But there is also the pre-resurrection day cleanup day that day. So Saturday men's meeting in the morning, you'll have breakfast and from 11 to 1, um, we are going to clean the whole property because trash blows onto the property. We'll clean the property and um, we have some fence slats to go in the boxcar yard so you don't have to look at it anymore. Okay, none of you are looking at it apparently. I look at it every day. And so Pastor Dave and I are looking at it, and you're going to help us, okay? Amen. You're going to gift to us that we don't have to look at it. Praise the Lord. Um, and then Friday, April 8th, is the women's meeting, which is wonderful. Yes, us women, we always have great food. Um, Dana and Liz Nile, our missionaries to all over the world, are coming in, and Liz is going to do the women's meeting for us. And if you were at the last one, yes. If you were at the last one, you know you don't want to miss this one. So make sure you're there Friday, April 8th at 6.30. Liz Nile will be there. And then Sunday, of course, we will have Dana and Liz with us in the Sunday morning and Sunday evening services. So make sure you're here for that, and you'll get to hear what's going on all over the world and an amazing message. Then, following that, we have the best holiday all year long. Now, Pastor Dave would tell you that that's Christmas, and that's a good one. But Easter is resurrection day. Yes. Jesus is alive. So resurrection day, make sure you are here and ready to do that. But since it's the most important holiday and you bring your friends and family with you at Christmas, Easter is an important one too. So Leah Mata, would you come and tell us how we can invite all of our friends? And... Kathy is waving invitations at the info booth. <laughs> we have a bunch of invitations for you that will also go with all these fun things that Miss Leah is going to tell you about. Right. <laughs> Got to get my speaking voice on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> these are my Vanna Whites. <laughs> um, so, um... In past years, um, I'm really, like, I live in this neighborhood right over here, so I get really excited about talking to my neighbors because I'm constantly walking in the neighborhood, talking to my neighbors and everything. They all know I go to church here. Some of them are, they go to the Catholic church. Some of them go to other churches, but I'm trying to get those ones that don't have a church to come here. So in um, last year, um, we, me and Miss Desiree went around, and we handed out, oh, and I forgot the invitations, but they're on the info booth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we handed out um, these, which are these peeps, only a dollar twenty-four at Walmart. You guys, dollar twenty-four. I know. Whoop whoop. I don't like peeps, so <laughs> I don't eat them. <laughs> yeah, that's why if I buy them, they're gonna get. <laughs> I don't like marshmallows. But um, I have a bunch of these little tags that can go on these, and it says Jesus is risen. Tell all your peeps. And what you can do is you can grab an, one of the invites from the, um, or some of the invites from the, the info booth, 
and go buy some peeps. I printed some out for, for you guys. There's all kinds of different ones. You can grab these ones from the info booth, too. They'll be up there, too. Grab as many as you want. Attach them to a thing of peeps and go around your neighborhood and say, hey, listen, you know, uh, Jesus is risen. You can tell them that, too. But, you know, my church is having a, 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 an Easter um, um, service and everything, and we're going to be doing a scripture egg hunt. Tell them what a, what a, <clears throat> what a scripture egg hunt is because some people don't know what a scripture egg hunt is. Um, but and tell them, you know, why don't you come check out our church? You know, we have a lot of good things for the, the kids. Like, really just build up the church because we do have a lot of good things for the kids. We have youth group. We have jam. We have jam junior. We have all these things going on and, and, and all these lift groups, too, all kinds of things for family. So make sure you kind of know that information, too, so you can kind of really build up what our church does for Jesus. But, again, we ha- I have a bunch of these, and I'll put them at the info booth so you can grab some. But go grab some $1.24 peeps. It is a cheap way for you, and then, and then, and then put on your your um, your fit uh, watch and go walk around your neighborhood. Get your steps in and invite your neighbors to come to church on Easter Sunday. Okay, April seventeenth, you guys. All right, don't just don't forget the invite, like I did. I forgot the invite. So, but <laughs> but and they have. I just wanted to show you guys some of them. Uh, they're the cotton candies. So they got cotton candies. They even have. Hawaiian punch. And again, I don't eat this stuff because I don't like marshmallows. But if you like this kind of stuff, you know, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, and the other thing that we're going to be doing, which I have a sign-up sheet for, is um, uh, we're going to be doing for Easter. Sorry, I should have probably prepared for this in my head a little bit more. For Easter, um, we're asking some families in the church to go and buy a plant in a pot. Thank you, Vanna. And, um... What we're asking you to do is one one per family. A- any of you guys can do this. One per family. Just one per family. We're not asking you to go and spend hundreds of dollars. One pot per family. This was $13 for this plant in this pot. And what we're going to do, and I'm still working out some details in it, but it's just when we're going to hand them. But um, when we have new families on Easter, we're going to have you as a family go and, gr- and, and grab your pot and go find a new family and you're going to be able to introduce yourself to that family, give them your plant, talk to them. And uh, what um, I'm asking you guys to do is put your favorite uh, scripture verses on it. This is just one idea. This is just another idea if you want to turn it. Um, you can do this. You can decorate the pot. I don't really care what pot you get, you know, but if you get like a, a light-colored one, you can have your kid's color on it, you know, whatever you want to do. But one pot per family, put your, your family's favorite scripture verses on it, and use that as an opportunity to talk to the new families at Easter, you know, and, and be able to, to you know, introduce yourself and, and, and get to know them. So if you are interested in that or if you if I didn't explain something all the way, sorry, <laughs> um, there is a sign-up sheet. Um, if you could just put your family's name and a good contact number. Um, sorry, my gum. Um, I will um, go ahead and give you guys a call and, you know, we'll just, you know, see who wants to do it, that type of thing. So. Oh, yes, thank you. Well, yeah, it's just to be able to, to build relationships with, between families and everything. Um, and, you know, just be able to, like, make these new families feel welcome. Did I forget anything? I feel like I forgot anything. I get so nervous up here. <laughs> That's it, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So opportunities for us to reach out to others because honestly, that's what Easter is about, is making Jesus known and the fact that he is alive. Our God is not dead. Um, So along with those plants, I want to add to you 
um, that if your family has been restored, if your life has been restored because of your relationship with Jesus, those are the scriptures you want on that pot so that you're not only handing them a relationship and a friendship, but you're handing them the hope of Jesus and what he's done in your life. So use Easter as an opportunity to share what you have been given. Easter is really, really, really all about getting people saved, getting families restored, and celebrating that our God is alive. And it is the biggest, funnest holiday of the year. And so we invite lots of people. Um, I do want to tell you real super quick about the, the scripture egg hunt, which is why we have all the eggs sitting there. Thank you all for bringing them in to bless these kids. Our families are going to get to do an egg hunt at church where we're celebrating Jesus, and it's not about a bunny or the eggs, you know what I mean? So the scripture egg hunt, you get candy, cool, that'll help rot your teeth, but the scripture is also inside of that egg. And so we're giving out not only the sweets for fun, but the hope of Jesus with every egg too. So they get to go to class, they get to have a party, they get to learn about the resurrection, and then they get to have an egg hunt knowing what it's really about. And that opening that egg is just opening up the empty tomb. It's not about the candy and a bunny. Know what I mean? Okay, praise the Lord. Well, if you are with us for the first time, or the first time in a long time, wave at me. Wave at me. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, Nikki here in the jean jacket and the bow in the back. If you would keep your hand up, she has some information she'd like to give to you. And at the end of service, you've got a little card in there. If you'll fill out your information on that card, we have a gift that we would like to give to you. So you can take that card to the info booth after service, and they will go ahead and bless you with our gift. We are so glad that you're with us today, and thank you for celebrating all these babies that are proof that Jesus restores families, right? Amen. Okay. Well, it's time for baby dedication. So if you have the baby, or if you're here for the baby, go ahead and come on up. You can bring your family with you. We want to be able to take pictures of you and your whole family. All right. Yes, we're going to have, if you're here, uh, if your baby's or child is being dedicated, come on up. And we'll try to keep it organized by family up here. But I know uh, we've got a lot of families together today. Amen. This is exciting. And this is, uh, you know, we, we proudly say that High Desert Word Center is a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. And so it's exciting to us that uh, we're dedicating babies and, and children today because that is our heart. Amen. So we've got six little ones today and a couple of not as little ones, but we've got Gracie Martin and Liam and Adam and Odessa, aka Daisy, <laughs> Liliana and Rita. So we're going to uh, dedicate these guys once we get all the families up here. Amen. Praise God. Let's give it up for these families one more time. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll let them get organized and then we're going to speak a few words over them and then we're going to lay hands on them in the name of Jesus and dedicate them. And, and really the dedication is, uh, it's really the parents 
uh, promising that they're going to be committed to the Lord and raise their child in the ways of God. Because we know that, a, you know, a little baby can't make that decision on their own yet. And so we there will be a point in time where they have to make the choice for themselves. You know, it, we can't just dedicate a baby and then them the rest of their life when they're 40 years old say, well, I was dedicated. I don't have to receive Jesus. No, they'll reach that point where they receive Jesus and, and call upon the name of the Lord for themselves. But what today is, is a day for the parents and the family and even the church family, as you'll see, to uh, make some promises and declarations that we're going to do our best to uh, raise them and be a good example in the ways of the Lord. Amen. All right. So we've got six little ones today and uh, we just want to speak a few words over uh, the families here. Amen. And what a beautiful sight this is to see uh, this, this many uh, uh, new little ones with us. All right. So today families and church family, we're celebrating one of the absolute happiest occasions that any church family can celebrate as we're dedicating these little ones to the Lord. This is, uh, I mean, this is what we live for. And I want to remind us, though, that this is not just some tradition or ceremony or it's what we do. It, it, it's more than that. And it's a, it's a declaration. It's a promise that we're going to raise these babies and children in the ways of the Lord. And so whether you realize it yet or not, I'm sure you do, but God has a plan for every one of these kids' lives. And we know according to Jeremiah 29, it's plans for good, not for evil, to prosper them and to give them a hope and a future. The Lord has some awesome plans. And we're blessed that there's Christian families raising little ones in the ways of God right here in Barstow. That gives us hope for the future generations of this community. Amen. In fact, Jeremiah, the prophet, put it this way in Jeremiah 1, 5. He said, before, uh, he said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. God knew these children and had a plan for their life before, mommy, before you were even pregnant with them. God had a plan for their lives. He says, before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And so that's also a wonderful reminder to us that, God has a plan for their lives, and every baby's life matters, amen, and that God had a plan for them before they were born, and, uh, and that's just a wonderful reminder for us that lives matter, amen, every single one of these lives matters. And so, notice that God said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb, and so God knows us before we're ever even conceived. He's already got our life planned out how he wants it to go before we're ever even conceived. And as I mentioned earlier, we realize that as we dedicate these babies today, this is not their salvation moment. Uh, that moment's going to come when they grow up a little bit later on and they choose to call on the name of the Lord for themselves. But the good news is, is that you're raising them the right way. Amen. You're setting them up for success by having them in the house of God. And by at your own home, raising them in the ways of God. And Proverbs 22, 6 is a verse that I've heard my whole life. But it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. And so we're going to stand on that promise of God today. That as we're raising these kids up in the way they should go, they are not going to depart from it. We declare that they will serve the Lord all the days of their life and never walk away. Amen. We're going to stand on that promise. And so these little ones today, they are a blank slate before us. Uh, you have the opportunity to program their worldview 
and point them in the right direction. We've got to do this right. Amen. We've got one shot. We've got to do this right. And in our current age, it's more than a, of a challenge than ever to point children in the right direction. They've got so many voices and so many lies coming at them from every which way. But we are going to make a commitment today to dedicate them and teach them the truth of God's word no matter what comes against them. Amen. We're making that declaration as parents. And so also I'm directing all this to the parents, but I want to address the congregation also because I believe as a church family, we also have an obligation to be good examples and good role models in front of these children. And I mean, we know there's the old saying, it takes a village. I don't believe that it takes a godly mom and dad to raise a child the right way. Amen. But at the same time, it is a powerful, powerful uh, asset to the families if we as their church family are also uh, involved in being a good, godly example to them. Amen. And so to our congregation at High Desert Word Center, we aren't just some church that meets on Sunday mornings. You realize that, right? This isn't just, well, we, we come in and give our nod to God on Sunday morning and we paid our God tax for the week. We're good to go. No, it's a deeper relationship than that for us. It's a 24-7 commitment that we've made to Jesus. And so everyone in our church family has a duty and a godly obligation to live a holy life in front of these little kids and babies. Amen. And so uh, maybe some people don't like it when I talk this way, but I declare today, may these children never, ever, ever see one of us stumbling out of the bar drunk and saying, hey, isn't that the guy from my church? Seeing you smacking your wife around. Hey, wait, that's the guy from church. Why? Well, what's going on there? May these children never see us being a hypocrite and not living according to God's word. And we realize that we all make mistakes and none of us are perfect. But I'm challenging us today as parents, grandparents, and as a church family that we are going to do our best to be a godly example in front of all these kids so they know what it looks like to see a godly woman, a godly man godly grandparents in this community and we're going to change this generation amen and you know if the lord uh, waits very much longer which i don't know that he will or not but if he waits very much longer to come back in 16 or 18 years this is going to be young adults up here this is going to be 18 20 year olds up here out in the workforce out in college and if we have done a well job right now they're going to be out there making a godly influence. Amen. And so that's super, super important to us. All right. Now, um, parents, I'm going to ask you this morning to uh, kind of make a, a declaration and a pledge with us. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a few words and uh, you're going to repeat it after me. And now we've got six of the little ones up here, so I, I can't go through every single one. But I, I want you to insert uh, your child's name when it's time to say the child's name. And I want you to uh, say your name when it's time to say your name, okay? So I want you to speak these words after me, and we're going to say it in faith. This is not a ritual. It's not some ceremony. This is the real deal. We are dedicating these children to Jesus today, amen? So let's say this together, parents. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for giving us the gift of, now say your child's name. Amen. We realize that we have a great responsibility to show him or her the ways of God. 
So today, March 27th, 2022, we are dedicating his or her life to you. May he or she always follow you and never turn away. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Now we're going to lay hands on the on the kids in just a minute. But congregation, can we stand up together today? Amen. We're going to stand up together. And we're going to also uh, make a dedication ourselves. And, and if you're not down with it, then don't say the words because I don't want you to be a liar. But at the same time, if you're saying, you know what, I am going to commit to be a right and good example to these kids. And uh, if those parents ever needed assistance, I would help them out. If you're willing to uh, make that dedication, then I want you to speak these words after me. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you today for letting us share the life of these children. We promise to live godly lives in front of them. We also will pray and lead them by example. Help us, Lord Jesus, to keep this promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Now, what we're going to do is... Um, we're going to have the pastoral staff come through, and we're going to lay hands on every single one of the kids. And then we've got a Bible and a uh, certificate of dedication to them. But let's go ahead, guys, and we're going to lay hands on all the little ones. Where's the little one for this? This is a large family. Okay, wow. All right, and this is Rita, amen. And so uh, she's recently uh, Alex and Adriana's oldest child now, amen. And we're excited for what the Lord is doing in her life. I'm going to let Katie's a youth pastor, so. So I got to tell you about Rita real quick. And she's not a baby, but she's our baby, right? Praise the Lord. So Rita knows what it is to serve Jesus. She loves Jesus with all her heart. And she knows what it is to overcome adversity and to live right. And I'm so grateful for Alex and Adriana and this whole ginormous family. Um, so because she's not a baby and we're not making a scrapbook, we got Rita the gigantor Bible. <laughs> so we just want to let you know, Rita, we are very, very proud of you. And we know that for the rest of your days, you will serve Jesus and that Alex and Adriana and the whole rest of your family will be amazing examples to you. Do not cry. Thank you, Father, for Rita's life. Thank you that you knew her in the womb. You had every day planned out for good, not for harm, for a hope and a future. Thank you, Lord, for the skills and talents that you've put within her. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you have in her future. We promise, Lord, to live right before her and to support her and encourage her. Thank you, Lord, that she will serve you all of her days and never turn to the right or to the left, but she will follow your narrow way and give all the glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. 
And then we've got little Liam over here, Tim and Beth's little fella. And uh, look at him. Look at all dressed up today. Absolutely adorable. But let's lay hands on Liam. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for Liam. And, Lord, you knew him before he was ever born, Lord. You know him better than we do. And we declare in Jesus' name that he will walk with you all the days of his life, Lord, that mom and dad are raising him the right way, and that this guy has got an upper hand in life already because he's being raised in the ways of God. God. He will never go to the left or to the right, but he's going to walk right down the middle of the road with you. We dedicate him to you today, Father. May your will be done in his life in the name of Jesus. We declare it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's exciting. All right. Then we've got little Liliana over here. How you doing? <laughs> She's adorable today. Amen. Well, we're going to dedicate her to the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for Liliana, Lord, and that she's got a wonderful mom and dad and family surrounding her. So, Lord, she already has a head start in life because she's being raised, Lord, in your ways and in your house and in your word. And so we speak over her life that she will live a long, healthy, prosperous life. She'll succeed in everything she does. She will never turn away from you, Lord. She will follow you all the days of her life. And I thank you, Lord, that your will shall be done in her and through her, and you're going to use her to do great and mighty things, Lord. She is dedicated to you, Father. She's yours. In the name of Jesus, we declare it today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for Liliana. <laughs> she likes her Bible. All right. And here's the newest addition to the HDWC family. This is little Grace, and she is about a month and a half old. All right. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to lay hands on her today and dedicate her. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for little Gracie, God, and that she's a gift to this family, Lord, and to this church and to this world. And, God, we lay hands on her today, and we speak over her life that she will prosper and be in health all the days of her life, Lord. I thank you that she's never going to have to know uh, some of the different sorrows and things of this world, Lord, but she's protected from that. And, Lord, we declare that she will follow you all the days of her life. She won't turn to the left or to the right, but she's going to walk right down the middle of the road with you, Lord, and we thank you that you've got great plans for her, and you're going to use this little lady to do great things in this world. Thank you that she is blessed. She is dedicated to you, Lord. She is uh, Brian and Julie's child, but Lord, this is your daughter too, and we thank you, Lord. She belongs to you. She is blessed every day in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, then we've got two more right here, amen? And look at little Adam's outfit. Check this guy out. Is this GQ or what? I mean, <laughs> I saw him and I was like, I got to go home and change. This, is, this guy looks great, amen? And, of course, we got little Daisy down here, Odessa. And uh, they're just absolutely adorable today. But we're going to lay hands on them and dedicate them in the name of Jesus today, amen? It's okay. He's a little fussy, but that's all right. 
Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we lay hands on little Adam right now. And, Lord, we say he will follow you all the days of his life. We thank you, Lord, that your blessing is upon him. He will be in health. He will prosper even as his soul prospers every day of his life. I thank you, Jesus, that he belongs to you and you've got a plan for his life. It's a good plan, Lord. And he is a man of God. He will always follow you and never walk away. Thank you, Jesus, that he is a man of God, and he's serving you all the days of his life, Lord. He is dedicated to you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for it, Lord. And we're going to lay hands on little Daisy back here. Amen. Amen. There we go. There we go. All right. I think little Daisy thought I was preaching too loud last week because she was shushing me from the back row. I was like, sorry. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we lay hands this morning on little Odessa, on little Daisy. And, Lord, we say that she belongs to you, Father. She will live in health and prosperity all the days of her life, just like Third John 2 talked about, Lord. And she's going to follow you. She's never going to turn away, Lord. And any plans that the enemy would have to distract her or pull her off course, we rebuke those right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, she belongs to you. She's going to serve you. She's going to follow you. And you're going to use her for great and mighty things in this world, Lord. She is blessed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, she belongs to you. This is your little girl, too. We thank you and we praise you for her precious little life, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we dedicate her now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can we give it up for all of our families this morning? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, as far as I know, families, you can be seated. We appreciate you so much. Amen. What an awesome sight to see. Uh, All these families dedicating their babies to the Lord today. It's a beautiful, beautiful time. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, with all that being said, who knows what time it is now, church family? Amen. So I'm going to have pastor come on up this morning. And if I could get the ushers to move the pulpit back for me, that would be fantastic. All right. We remind you as you're make as everyone's making their way back to their seats here, that if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Amen. We're good to go. All right. All right, praise God. Aren't uh, Pastor Dave and Pastor Katie doing a wonderful job? Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and you know, I, I was thinking as they were doing the baby dedicating, I went to, we, we have eight children. I'm, I'm, I'm Pastor Samples. This is Mrs. Pastor, Pastor Janice Samples. And I went to a baby dedication in Hawaii several years ago. I had a daughter that was with her husband stationed out in Hawaii. I went to a baby dedication, went to a church. It's all kinds of different people come up there talking to things and think, who are they? Who are they? Who are they? Well, Mrs. Pastor and I uh, got this church up and going back in 2005, pastored it for a lot of years, and we're in a transition right now. And so if you've been coming for a while or you're visiting, don't know who we are, we're the ones that raised them up. And praise God, I'll tell you what, didn't Jesus do a good job with them? But anyway, in case you wonder... Who those people? Why are they up there at the babies and stuff like that? We were the grandparents. We are the grandparents of the church. We used to be the parents. Now we're the grandparents of the church. And so anyway, there's a transition going on. Been going on for years and years and years. And the reason being 
as a pastor, the pastor for a lot of years, I saw churches where the main guys got old and never raised up the kids to take over. And so then, uh, since, since like kind attracts itself, we saw the churches we went to, you had old pastors and old people, no young people. So years ago, I said, that's not going to happen to this church. We will transition this to the young guys so the young families will come in and identify with somebody and be able to do uh, what God wants us to do. So I'm so happy that Pastor Dave, Pastor Katie, my son Josh, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's also an ordained minister up there, his wife Julie, my kids have taken over the church. Is Julie back there? Julie, raise your hand so they can see you. Way back there by the wall. But anyway, I look at all these young families out here, and to me that's the sign of a healthy church. You got people coming in, they see somebody they can identify with, and matter of fact, a few years ago, there's a man in his 80s started coming here, and I took him out to dinner one day. We were sitting over at Denny's, and he said, Pastor, I've been coming here for a couple months now, and I don't see the seniors group. Where is it? I said, you're eating with him. <laughs> That's a true story. That came right out of my mouth. He wouldn't know where the senior group was. I said, we're having breakfast right now. Because <laughs> at that point in time, I was about the oldest one in the church. We have some that's up here with us. But the main thing is, we love seniors. The seniors are going to die sooner than the younger generation, probably. There's got to be somebody here to take care of them. So praise God for this morning, for this baby dedication, all these young families bring these kids in. If there's ever a time, if there's ever a time, the young people got to have the right role model and pattern in front of them. It is now. Amen, amen, amen. So anyway, that's who we are. If you wonder who these people are, that's who we are. And praise God, Jesus is good. Amen. Thank you, Mrs. Pastor. All right, how many know what time it is? Happy time. Hold up your hands for an envelope for your tithes and for your offerings. And uh, these guys will be glad to serve you. And I, I want you to open up to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. I'll be preaching tonight, so i got to watch out. I don't start preaching too much this morning because we want to make sure we get it turned over in time so we don't lose you this morning, your attention span, before Pastor Dave's able to help you. But uh, I just got to say something so you'll know it. I know that Pastor Dave talked last Sunday morning about don't be caught sleeping, sleeping spiritually, what's going on. Uh, I'm from the World War II generation. I'm from the Vietnam days, World War II. I was born right after World War II. My dad was in World War II. Uh, my father-in-law was in World War II. And so I, I was with, I, I remember all the guys, the World War II stuff from back then. But something I remember, I've been, I've been to Pearl Harbor uh, multiple times. My daughter lived in Hawaii. We went out there about every year. I've been to Pearl Harbor. I've looked at the ships still sitting on the bottom of the ocean at Pearl Harbor. I see submarines got sunk in Pearl Harbor. My, uh, Son-in-law is with had special clearance, so I went to part of Pearl Harbor the public doesn't get to go to. Saw three or four ships back there that were sunk that people don't generally get to see. And as I was driving to church this morning, I come past the Marine base on Yermal Road, and I got to think, I was talking to Mrs. Pastor. I said, you know what Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it's going to be in the days when the Son of Man comes back. And as the days it was in Lot, in Sodom and Gomorrah, that's how it's going to be. And I think about the days of Noah, says the people were totally blind to what was going on, although Noah had preached to them for 120 years, they wouldn't listen. Then all of a sudden the rain came, 
And the Bible says that God's the one that closed the door on the ship and said nobody else can get on. You had your chance. And so then I got to think about Pearl Harbor as I looked at the Marine base. I got a bunch of, they got a bunch of tanks over there right now unload for their uh, things they do. I said, you know what? It's just totally quiet and peaceful this morning coming up this road. There's nothing, no sounds, no noise. And I saw, old, I saw old World War II movies where all the people in the country and in Pearl Harbor, although there was a war going on overseas, is there any wars going on overseas anywhere now? War going on overseas, the people of Pearl Harbor were drinking, partying, carousing. They wasn't ready for anything, and all of a sudden, the Japanese airplanes come out of the clouds. And when they did, they were caught sleeping. And so I was thinking about us as Christians right now. This is not business as usual. The things happened in Ukraine... I've been to Ukraine. I was in Ukraine for a while, years ago, preaching the gospel. There are a whole lot of good churches in Ukraine just like this one. How do I know I've been there? I've seen the Christians read the same book of Hebrews, the same Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they were more serious than American Christians, the ones I saw over there, because they just, when I was there, the Iron Curtain had just fell. They just came out of communism, and those people were like robots. They had been so oppressed by communists. Matter of fact, the hotel I stayed in still had the KGB type people there. And when I cut my room every day, they had to give me my key and they checked my luggage when I wasn't in the room. And then when I'd leave my room to go to town, I had to turn my key back in these old former KGB women. I mean, you talk about some, you think you ever saw some mean women here? Man, those people, they were dipped in mean. They were some bad stuff. So what I'm saying is this. All these things we're doing in church and all the things you're hearing, don't be lazy spiritually and just think everything's like it used to be. And so saying that, I want to look at Malachi chapter 3. And when I look at Malachi chapter 3, I'm going to look at verse... Uh, I'll just look at verse at verse 9 and go on from there. But I, Now here's who I'm talking to this morning. Uh, maybe you're somebody that hasn't given your life to Jesus yet and you've heard the word tithe but you don't know what it means or maybe you're a Christian that's been hearing about 10% belongs to God all your Christian life you've never done it but really I just basically say I'm not really talking to you I'm not going to try to talk you into doing what God wants you to do but here's who I'm talking to and you can listen by the way those groups can listen if you decide you're going to be a tither then you can but I'm talking to the Christians that already tithe Gas prices are up. Food prices are up. Everything's up. And so here's what God says to you as tithers. Everybody else could listen to this. If you so, if you so choose to be a tither, then you make that choice. For, for you, they're already walking in it. The blessings of God just don't happen because you know them. They happen because you practice them. And so you're already tithed. So here's, some, here's something to feed your faith as you see the food prices, the gas prices, and if God forbid, empty shelves really get serious over here where there's medicines or things you need, they're not there. This is what you stand on to be able not just to survive, but to thrive. Malachi chapter 3, he talks about people that aren't tithing yet. says, you're cursed with a curse, for you robbed me. 
even this whole nation. Well, I want to tell you what that means. There's a curse on the whole earth even yet. Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse, but we've got to choose to walk out from under it. And so God's not the curser, but he said you're cursed with the curse. Well, it's out there, but I choose to live free from the curse by how I live and what I do, especially with my money. I put God first. That frees me from the curse of lack, from the curse not be able to buy gas or formula for a baby if I had one or to pay for lights to keep them on. I'm redeemed from that curse and I walk in it because I do this. Verse 10, send you all the tithes to television preachers. Send all your tithes to the poor people that need it. I want to tell you, God said, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be meat or food in my house. Something I learned a long time ago, and if you're deceived about where your tithe goes, you need to get this. If you have a death in your family, the TV preachers aren't going to do the funeral. If you have a personal crisis or you're diagnosed with a serious illness and you need somebody that knows you to come and encourage your faith and stand with you, send Mr. Big Name Preacher an email and say, Hey, we got a problem. Will you come and help? They're not going to show up. It's the pastor's. It's your church family. If you want to get married, have the somebody support with $1,000 a month. Say, hey, guess what? Uh, I, found the, I found the love of my life. Would you come and do the wedding? They say, well, I've got 2 million people that give me offerings, and I can't do 2 million weddings. You need to go to your pastor. Amen. God said, bring you the tithe into the storehouse the storehouse is where your spiritual food is stored up at. And so God said, bring it in so there'll be food in my house. And so I think about the times we live in. If I were a Christian and I really wanted God's best, I would obey his word. Now, God talks about offerings. You support TV preachers, other preachers, missionaries with offerings. But God said the first number one priority is take care of the local church first because you don't have a local church and trouble comes, where are you going to go? <laughs> Amen. And so he says, Bring you all tithes, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, which means Lord of battles, if I not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. That blessing, there's not a one-time thing. Say, oh man, God bless me today. That's about a lifestyle of living in the blessing of God. And here's what I'm getting to. For you already current tithers, how many know that right now the devil through things is trying to is trying to devour your paycheck? And you know, if you get to the place to where so much of your money is going for gasoline, and God forbid you get an emergency call from a family member or somebody real close to you that lives 200 miles away, 300 miles away, and you've got a choice to make. I've got enough money to buy gas for work this week. Or I've got enough money to spend all my money on gas, my work gas. I go down there, but I can't come back. That'd be a serious hard thing to do, wouldn't it? Make that choice. But God said, he said, 
as your faithful bring the tithe, then I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. <clears throat> I praise God. I praise God that no matter what gas gets up to, it's not going to steal all my money. No matter what food gets up to or how much scarcity may happen, God will rebuke the devourer. I will always have the food I need. I'll always have the gas I need. Why is that? Now listen, I'm talking to you tithers again. Watch your mouths when you go to the store. Watch your mouths when you see those gas prices keep ticking up. And all you do, you say, I thank you, Jesus, I'm a tither. You said to prove you. Father, I want to thank you. The devourer's rebuked. I got all the salad stuff I need. I got all the fruits I need. Whatever it is you eat that's your food, say, Lord, I want to thank you that when the children of Israel in Egypt, you got water out of a rock, you sent birds to feed them. And so, Lord, whatever it takes, I thank you for getting the meat to my family. <clears throat> I want to thank you for getting the food to my family, Lord. I want to thank you. have always got good drinking water. And listen, if you don't believe in the supernatural, then what are you in church for today? The supernatural is activated by your mouth and by your actions. You've already got the actions that you're giving God 10% faithfully. Keep your mouth working. Amen. And when you see things happen, if you can't talk right about it, just shut up. Amen. Amen. We're in a time of testing. And so then he gets down, he gets down to this, verse 12. Because God rebuked the fire and blessing you, all nations shall call you blessed. Nations. Nations aren't the ground. Nations aren't the trees or the animals. Nations are the peoples. And I think about all you and the different, the different places you work with all the people that's totally goofed up in life right now. God wants them to see you not worried. God wants them to see you at peace. And they look at you and they say things like this. Wow, have you noticed Nick? Nick's really blessed. Wow, have you noticed Melinda? Melinda's blessed. And that's the purpose God wants. He wants you blessed so people see the blessing and then they want to ask you, how come you're not worried? How come everything's going so well for you? And then the doors open. And so once again, for you tithers that are reactively tithing, use your faith with your mouth. You call the things in, rebuke the devil, do what you're supposed to do, if you're not a tither yet for the times we live in, don't be caught off guard like they were at Pearl Harbor and think everything's just okay because I'm not talking about Japanese, but I'm talking about this. There's things going on in the spiritual realm right now and you don't want to get dumped on from the kingdom of darkness and be sleeping and not have any defense. Amen? Amen. Well, let's make our financial faith confession and bring our tithes, our offerings up to the altar. You can stand up. Make our financial faith confession. And just always remember, like Pastor Dave about the baby dedication, that's not just some ritual we do. These words aren't just some nice confession we make because we like to chant. This is us using faith out of our heart concerning our life. Amen? Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, <clears throat> we believe we receive. Jobs are better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, 
checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give justly to the kingdom of God, both the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, we're going to learn a new song today. It's about thanking God. And it says in Psalms 95 that we should praise the Lord, raise our voices to the Lord, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, and just give Him thanks. So we're going to thank Him today. And all the words will be up on the screen. And just sing along with us. And join us up at the altar to worship the Lord on today. Let's praise Him. Hallelujah. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. I've tried with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond.
He healed my heart, he changed my name, 
forever free I'm not the same I thank the master I thank the savior I thank God from age to age though the earth may pass away your word remains the same your history can prove there's nothing you can do you're faithful and true though the storms may come and the winds may blow out remain Your faithful. 
Oh. 
let's raise our hands to him this morning. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And we know that your faithfulness is great, Lord. There is none like you, Lord. And if it weren't for you, we know that we wouldn't be there right now, Lord. I thank you that you are an anchor for our souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we were singing, I was uh, reminded of Hebrews six nineteen. It says that our hope in Jesus is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And as I'm thinking about that, I, you know, I, what, what is the purpose of an anchor? What's that all about? Well, it, it, it keeps you planted and it keeps you from going to places you aren't supposed to go to. It keeps you from drifting off to places that are dangerous and off course for you. I was, uh, I don't know, a few years ago, I was in Massachusetts. I can't remember where, but I went on this Navy ship and they showed me the anchor. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how big those things are for keeping these huge ships from going. And I'm like, that would definitely keep me from wandering off. But just think how strong Jesus is. He is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. You can trust him. Amen. He's not going to let you drift off. You just got to stay connected to him. And if right now your, your soul, if your mind and your emotions are wanting to take you all over the place, stay planted in Jesus. He's faithful. You can trust him. People have let you down. I know that. But Jesus has never let you down. He's always been there. He said that I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He said, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. And you may think, well, it's just about the end of the world. And you're probably right. But Jesus hasn't left you. He's right there with you today. And so that is a great boost to me today to realize that he is the strong and trustworthy anchor for my soul. He's keeping me where I need to be. Amen. And I am never letting go of him. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise together today? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we will let you make your way to your seats today. Praise God. Wow. We, we've already had church, man, and we haven't even got to the message yet. Wow. Great job to the worship team today. Amen. Appreciate uh, their ministry. Hallelujah. Well, ah, man, well, we're going to have a good time today. I, um, I know, again, we've already just covered a lot of ground, but I'm excited to be studying the Word of God together. And what a, what a serious time uh, for us to be Christians. What a serious time for us to be people of real faith. And, you know, Jesus, in fact, in 2 Timothy 3, it talked about in the last days, there would be difficult times. Uh, Paul told Timothy, there's going to be scoffers. There's going to be mockers. There's going to be people that just think you're crazy for clinging to what you cling to. And it reminded me of a story that I had heard about this little old lady. Uh, She loved the Lord and she was loud and proud for Jesus. And so every day on her front porch, she would just go out there and, and give praise to God. And she wasn't quiet. And if you haven't noticed, we're kind of on the uh, a loud church, right? Because we love Jesus, and we're not ashamed of what he's done for us. Amen? We were losers, and he picked us up and turned us around. And we're, you know, we're happy about that. But this old lady would go out on her porch every day, praise God, praise the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. And she would just, you know, do a little dance and, and just praise the Lord every day. Well, her next door neighbor was this crusty old atheist man. And he'd be like, shut up. 
there ain't no Lord. He, God's dead. And, and just every, just, you know, give it back to her. And she'd be like, oh, no, he's real. He's real. Well, she had come upon hard times. And so one day she's out there on the front porch. And everything she did was loud. But she wasn't trying to get attention. She was just out there. Lord, you know that I'm just running low on groceries right now. And, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would send food to me, Lord, and I give you the glory. You're my provider. Amen. Well, the next day she goes out to her front porch and there's a couple of big bags full of groceries right there. And she's like, whoa, thank you, Jesus. You're my provider. You brought groceries. The atheist jumps out from behind the bushes. Ha, gotcha. There's no Lord. I delivered those groceries. Ha, and then she's like, Whoa, thank you, Jesus. You not only brought me groceries, you made the devil pay for them. Woo! <laughs> so come on, hey, God will get it to you, amen? Even if he's got to use some unconventional methods, we're good with that. And so you may receive a little hate in this day and age. You may receive a little scoffing and mocking, but praise God, we are not backing down. We are sticking with Jesus until the very end, Amen. All right, well, we are on part four of a sermon series right now called Not the Time. Now, if you'd like an outline to follow the message along, you could raise your hand and the ushers will get you one in case they missed you on the way in there. But uh, well, just to catch up a little bit, uh, we are proudly a family church. That's our main, our main target and goal. And so we spent the very first uh, two months of this year really discussing families. And I hope you guys remember our High Desert Word Center theme verse for 2022. But as for me and my house, what do we do? We will serve the Lord. Amen. And so that's our theme verse. And uh, the last uh, four weeks, we've been really discussing some end times events. And uh, we can see really what's unfolding in the world around us. And uh, we believe as a church that it is close to this time that Jesus will come back. Now, again, we aren't so foolish as to give some sort of a date or, you know, make any uh, promise about, you know, certain things. But we do know that Jesus told us in Matthew 24... Mark 13 and Luke 21, 2 Timothy 3, 1 Thessalonians. He told us in all these places that when you begin to see these things happening, you can know this much, that it is the season for my return. He said, you know how to tell the seasons in the real world. Well, you need to know how to tell the seasons in the spiritual world. And so it is our belief that according to lots of things we see happening in the world around us, that it is close to the return of Jesus. And if you're like, well, I don't believe that's ever going to happen. That's fine, brother. Hey, that's fine. We will wave at you on our way out of here, right? Bye-bye. Bye, Felicia. We'll see you someday. We'll see you when we see you, right? Uh, but but uh, we, we're just, we are, it's a time as a born-again Christian that I'm excited on one hand because I've been waiting for heaven for 36 years, and I can't wait to get there. But also, it's a time of seriousness as we realize that there's a lot of people around us that are not ready for heaven. They, they have not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And, of course, uh, you know, kind of some further things that we've uh, studied out a little bit. According to Daniel 11 and Ezekiel 38, uh, many Bible scholars believe these point to Russia invading other nations and eventually teaming up with uh, Iran and some others uh, to overtake Israel. And people laughed at that for years, man. You know, that's crazy. That's all the Cold War's over. And then all of a sudden, boom, wait, here they come again. And it's kind of what the Bible predicted right there. And it's a serious 
time for us, and I keep seeing Israel pop up in the news also, and, and Ukraine's literally like their president's Jewish, and he's saying, hey, can we get Israel to come help us? And I'm like, oh, oh, it's getting closer. <laughs> it's getting closer where if Israel gets pulled into it, you guys better just, you're going to find me on the roof of the church just looking up like, come on, Jesus, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. But, I mean, that's how close I believe it'll be. But we are uh, close, and you're like, well, I don't believe we're that close. Well, at least we're closer than we were yesterday. We're closer than we were a year ago, and I am ready, but I want to kind of uh, change course a little bit this week on the topic, and we're going to talk about what is your calling and purpose uh, here in this day and age that we live in, because uh, you need to realize that the, the, the warnings in the Bible, they weren't put there to scare us, but to prepare us, right? Jesus, well, I don't read all these things as doomsday, like, oh, it's coming. I, everybody be scared. I'm like, no, the Bible said this. I'm just getting prepared for when Jesus is going to come back. But we don't have to be scared about all of this stuff. So we know that if Jesus and the word of God prophesied it, we can't stop it from happening, right? You're not going to stop the word of God, but uh, we can prepare ourselves and we know that these things will happen when the Lord says they're going to happen and how he says they're going to happen. And so we need to be asking ourselves as Christians today, if you're a Christian, what am I supposed to be doing? What is my role in the world right now? And if you never think about what your actual purpose in this world is, if you only think about well, how can I make more money? How could I, how could I, uh, you know, how could I me, 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 me? How could I me, me, me? If you never think about what your God-given purpose and calling is in this life, I'm not making fun of you, but that's, that's pretty shallow. <laughs> you should go, you should dig a little deeper than that and say, God, why did you put me here? What is my reason? And I guarantee every person in this room, every person watching online right now, you do have a purpose. You do have a calling. You aren't just some blob of flesh walking around on planet Earth by some pure accident. You were born for a reason, and God has a plan, and God wants to use you to help other people. But you're going to have to at least ask the question, what's my calling? What's my purpose? But make no mistake, you are not an accident. You are very intentionally created to be in this day and in this age, all right? So what I want to do is I want to pray that we're going to get into the message today. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for everybody that's gathered here together today in your name. And, Lord, that's what we're here. We're here in your name, not in my name or someone else's name, but we're here in the name of Jesus. And I pray that as we study your word today, you would speak to us, Lord. You would show us what we need to see and that you would encourage us on how we can live our lives for you. We love you and thank you in the name of Jesus. Can someone say amen? All right. So. Uh, the first thing I want to say today is this. Number one, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. And, um, and you know, you may be thinking, well, you know, I don't usually, you know, hear people talking about this kind of stuff. Well, it's time to get real, okay? So you have a purpose. We're going to open our Bibles to Mark chapter 13. Can we go to Mark chapter 13? Amen. Who's excited to study the Bible today, man? I love it. I absolutely love God's word. I love, uh, I, I'm just so thankful that, that he loves us enough that he would write down 
his word. He would write down his will for us. He, he would warn us of things before they ever even get here. We have a good, good God that we serve. But Mark chapter 13, and again, this is uh, from the Olivet Discourse that we've looked at so much the last few weeks. But I want to catch something that uh, we haven't quite looked at yet. Mark chapter 13 and verse 34 in the NLT, it says, The coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves or servants instructions about the work they were to do. And he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household will return. In the evening, midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. And so we're going to break this little uh, story from Jesus down a little bit. But in case you didn't put it together, Jesus is the man in the story that is going on the long trip. And we, as Christians, what are we? We are his servants, right? And, you know, we call ourselves, oh, yes, I'm a servant of God. And, and some people say, I've got a servant's heart. Well, you know, we know at church that just means we want you to stack chairs somewhere. But praise God, you know, you've got a servant's heart, amen? And so uh, we are his servants, but you need to know that you have a calling and a purpose for being alive in this generation. What did that verse 34 say? He gave each of his servants instructions about what? How they were to sit around and do nothing until he returned. No, no, no boss does that. I mean, I've never had a boss say, I'm going to need you to try really hard today to sit around, be lazy, and think only of yourself. Listen, if customers come in, do not greet them. If, if people come in and need help, I demand that you turn the other way. You have no answers. You have no reason for being here. Uh, we, we don't even know why you're here. But whatever you do, my, you know, my servant, my employee, don't be ready. Like, what? What kind of boss would say that? No boss would say that. Some of you are like, man, I wish my boss would say that. I would be, yeah, I would show up early. But anyway, your boss isn't going to tell you that because you have an assignment of the work that you're supposed to do. And you are the servant in this story, and Jesus has work that you're supposed to be doing until he returns. You are not called to do nothing. You are not called to be selfish. You are not called to just sit around and, and talk bad about the other people that are actually doing things. That's one thing I've noticed, man. You know, we've talked about it, but let's go. You guys ready? Lukewarm Christians. That's just the topic that, that's been on my heart. I'm like, man, you know, how, how is it that lukewarm Christians, they never want to do anything for the Lord, but they want to criticize those that actually are doing something for the Lord. I'm just serious, man. I, I see this all the time. I mean, they don't want to show up to church. They don't want to go out and, and help the helpless and, and preach the gospel. But the second somebody else does, like, well, I don't totally necessarily 100% agree with their theology. I think that I would, I would like to blah, blah, blah. And they want to debate everybody else, but they aren't doing one single thing for the Lord. I would rather have somebody with a pure heart that may not be fully polished, may not know every single right word, but at least they've got enough of a desire for God that they'll show up to church. They'll go out there and preach the gospel to somebody. Off the soapbox, back to the sermon, okay? And so I've heard this quote, and I, you know, I, and, and I believe this with all my heart. The two most important days in a man's life are the day he was born and the day he finds out why. 
The two most important days in a man's life are the day he was born, because that's going to happen, and then the day that he finds out why. Because so many people, again, maybe you haven't even thought about it. Why was I born? Why am I in this world? Why did God choose me to be in this generation? You realize you could have been born 500 years ago. You could have been born 1,000 years ago. You could have been born, I mean, so long ago. But God on purpose said, no, I need her right there in 2022. I've got, I, I know that I can use her. Or, no, I, I need him to be in the earth right then at this final moment because I know that I can use him. I've given him gifts. I've given him a calling. I've given him a purpose. I need him right then. You were born when you were born, and you're alive when you're alive for an absolute purpose and reason that the Lord chose. And so I've been thinking about the story of Esther a lot. And you can flip back to Esther real quick. We'll come back to the New Testament in a minute. But uh Esther, uh, if you're familiar with her story, the Jewish people were in captivity to the Persians at the moment. And, uh, and she was brought up to be a, a queen, all right, to, to King Artaxerxes. And, and the king didn't know that she was actually Jewish or anything, but he selected her to be a queen. And there was an evil man named Haman, right? And he hated the Jewish people. And so he constructs this plan on how they can just wipe out all the Jews, right? And, 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 and get rid of them and, and, and cleanse the land and purge the land and all this stuff. And, you know, it's a thing that we've heard all throughout history, sadly. But he comes out with this plan, and he doesn't realize that the queen is Jewish. And she's got a cousin named Mordecai, you guys remember this story? She's got this cousin named Mordecai, and he found out about the evil plan to get rid of all the Jewish people, and he's trying to put a stop to it. So he writes this letter to Esther, and to Esther, she, she, I mean, she's living a life of luxury. She's living a life of being pampered. She's in the palace. She's got it really, really good. She could have easily said, well, I'm sorry about that, guys, but that's you, and this is me, and uh, I hope it works out for you, but I, I don't want to risk my life for you guys. I'm sorry. But check this out. Uh, Esther chapter 4 and verse 13. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. And I'm telling you today, you're like, yeah, I see all this stuff going on around the world. Don't bother me none. I've got a good job. I work at Fort Irwin. I've got dental insurance now. I'm good. They, yeah, they, they do paid time. I mean, I, why should I have to worry about any of that? And like, fine, hey, man. You want to go that route, but listen, God's going to get his job done, and I'll bet that you were born, you were put in your position for just such a time as this. Amen? And so then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I were going to do the same, and then, though it's against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, then I must die. And so if you're familiar with the story, even the queen couldn't just roll on in to the throne room and have a conversation with the king. She had to have permission, and she's like, I'm going in with or without permission, and if it costs me my life, I'm going to do the right thing because, you know, this is my moment. This is my purpose. This is why I was put on the earth, and you 
friends, you family, listen to me. You do have a calling and a purpose and a reason for being here in this day and in this age. And yes, you can shrug it off. And yes, you can go the opposite way. Yes, you can do your own thing. God's going to have his way in the end. God's going to make things happen. But I do not want to be guilty of, well, God couldn't use him because I know this much. I will stand before the Lord someday. You will, too. And he's going to say, hey, what happened? I told you to go do that. I gave you a calling. I gave you a gift. I told you what to do. Why didn't you do it? I wasn't in the mood. They're really mean over there. You've never been to the high desert. Those people are rough. My gosh, they're mean. They're rude. They, good Lord. And uh, what's going to be your excuse? But it's not going to be good enough. We will stand before God. And that's a pretty serious thing to consider when we are looking at the calling and the purpose of our life. And so, To make a long story short, Esther risked her life. She went in there, and the Lord did a marvelous thing. And the very weapons that Haman was going to kill all the Jews with, it was reversed, and he died by those same weapons. Amen. He had it reversed on him, and God can do that to your enemies. They can reverse the whole thing. And the very weapon that was formed against you to take you down, it can take your enemies down. Amen. But if we stand up for the Lord and if we do things his way. Now, the second thing I'm going to say today is this. Number two, right? Number one, you've got a purpose. You are not an accident. But number two, you need to decide what's important to you. You need to decide what's important to you. Because we've all got things that are important to us. And we can tell what's important to you because you'll talk about it. You'll invest into it. You'll make time for it, right? And I use this example all the time, but if working out super important to you, you you're going to put your money where your mouth is. You're probably going to pay for equipment, for a gym membership, for nasty food that's green and all this stuff. And I'm like, someone tried to give me some sort of shake. I'm like, man, that's not food. That's what food eats. What is this stuff? Get it out of here. Anyway, so, but you know, clearly I don't value those things. But at the same time, if that's your value, we're not going to have, you're going to talk about it. You're going to post about it on the internet. That's fine. You can do all those things, but no doubt about it, you will make time for what you value. And if you value Jesus, if you value the word of God, if you value the things of God, you're going to talk about it. You're going to invest into it. You're going to make time for it. It is going to be evident that it's important to you, but you have to decide what's important to you. And so, again, one thing that's just alarmed me over the season of life that we live in right now is the amount of Christians who are not taking their faith seriously. I mean, think about it. This is the moment that we've been training for, right? We're in the fourth quarter. If you've been training for years and years and you're in the Super Bowl and it's the fourth quarter, I don't know any football player that would say, I hope they don't put me in. Oh, gosh, don't ask anything of me right now. No, everybody is like, put me in, coach. Use me. Here am I. Send me. I want to get in. I want to be involved. I want to contribute to what's going on here. But so many people that call themselves Christians, it's the fourth quarter. We're in the final minutes of this whole thing, and they're just like nowhere to be found. They're sleeping on the bench. They're, they're just not paying any. They don't even know what the score is. And that's, again, we're not here to put down on people. I feel that I've got a call in this day to say, wake up. Wake up. 
And sometimes when you wake someone up that's in a deep sleep, sometimes they get mad, right? They come up swinging at you like, they're like, hey, I, you know what? I don't hate, don't hate the messenger. I'm just here to deliver the message. Jesus said, Mark 13, don't let him find you sleeping when he returns. And so that's all I'm doing. You know, if you feel judged and feel, you know, then that's between you and God. No one's judging you. All we're simply doing is saying, hey, wake up. It's, it's getting real out there, okay? It's getting real right now. But we have got to decide what's important to us. And again, actions speak louder than words, right? Actions speak louder than words. And so if you don't ever put any focus or intentionality into serving God, then, hey, you know what? We don't got to judge you, but Jesus said you can judge a tree by its fruit, right? If I, you know, am, am you know, driving down the road and, and I see a tree full of oranges, I'm like, oh, wow, it must be an apple tree, huh? Everyone's going to be like, no, dummy, that, that, that's not a, it's got oranges on it. Why would you even say something like that? And when people drive by and look at your life, the people that you work with, the people that you shop with, the people that you hang out with, they should be able to drive by and look at your life. Oh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Oh, I must be a Christian is what that is. <laughs> We're looking at a Christian right here. But do they come by lazy, bitter, rude, mean, hateful? Oh, that must be a Christian. No, that's not what they're, hopefully they don't say that. Right? But they're going to say, oh, man, no, I'm looking for answers. Clearly, this person has no answers. When I find some, I'll bring them to him. But, no, this is the day and the age that we should be seeing Christians rising to the occasion and saying, Lord, use me right now. Amen? Hallelujah. Clap so I can drink some water. All right. Um, I don't think this isn't on your handout, but I'm going to throw it up on the screen. Um, Matthew 24, verses 37 through 39. My dad actually just referenced this. But when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. Maybe I don't have this on the screen. Okay, I do have it on the screen. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That's the way it will be when the Son of Man returns, all right? And so notice it says that, that they didn't realize what was going to happen. How didn't they realize it? Moses, or excuse me, Noah was preaching like, guys, there's a flood coming. Guys, I'm building this. You know, the, people had to wonder, what's that giant boat? What's going on? And yet the signs were everywhere. They were warned, but they didn't realize what was going to happen. Some people are straight blind to the truth. And they had signs, they had warnings, just like right now. There's warnings, there's signs, there's red flags being waved right in front of their, their faces. And then Jesus is going to come and take us away. Hey, where'd they go? Well, they didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. And again, we're not doomsday people, but it just baffles me. Like, how can people not be serious about their faith right now? Well, you know, just do what they're going to do. Live how they're going to live, whatever. You know, it's, we can only do what we're called to do. We can only say what Jesus is telling us to say. But just like Noah's day, Jesus is going to come. The, the, the door to the ark is going to be shut. You are going to be going to heaven, I believe, in the name of Jesus because you've received him. And people are going to say, wait, where'd she go? Where, where's he at right now? And wait, how come no one told me? 
And we've been telling you for years, man, there's no excuse. The signs were there, but they didn't realize what was going to happen. And so uh, on your outline here, I've got a question for you today, question for you. Are the things on your priority list right now things that will matter in eternity? Are the things on your priority list right now in your life, think about it, the things that you value, the things that are so important to you, are they things that are really going to matter in eternity? So, hey, question. Your kids loving each other and following Jesus, will that matter in eternity? Oh, yeah, that's going to matter. You having a bigger truck than your neighbor, is that going to matter in eternity? No, no, it will not. No. <laughs> Some of you are like, well, I don't know. I heard Jesus was a truck guy. The four, you know, maybe he is. I don't, you know, but I can guarantee you that it's not going to matter in heaven who had the biggest truck in Barstow, right? I mean, it may matter for something down here. How about you having strong faith right now in 2022 to stand up against every attack from the devil that is formed to harm you and your family? Is that going to matter in eternity? Yeah, that's going to matter. How about uh, you partying and having the best time that you can on earth right now because YOLO. I apologize. Raising the roof went out in the 90s. That's my bad. My bad. Forgive me. That was my bad. But at the same time, people are like, hey, you only live once and like speak for yourself, dummy. I'm going to live twice. I'm going to be in heaven forever. Amen. I'm on this earth right now. Make no mistake. This is not the real me. The real me is on the inside and it's going to heaven, brother. So don't get me confused with you. All right. But think about it. Are the things on your priority list right now really going to matter 100 years from now? Probably not. And I know the American way has been earn all you can, can all you get, so you can sit on your can, right? That's the, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing in, in a nutshell. Earn all you can, can all you get, so you can sit on your can someday and just not have to think about it anymore and retire. And, you know, praise God, we're all about God blessing you. You know, you it's, it's okay for you to, to work hard and have money and, and for the Lord to put his blessing on your life. There's nothing wrong with those things. It's great. But none of it matters in the end. When Jesus comes back, or maybe when you die, I guarantee you that your last thoughts on this earth aren't going to be, oh, here I am dying. It's the end. If only I could have bought one more dirt bike. Oh, gosh. The regrets that I have. I'm coming. The gloves are off, okay? So (laughs) if this hits close to home, I mean, If I was in Indiana, I'd be talking about basketball, but I'm in the desert, so I'm talking about, you know, your toys. But, you know, I've been on deathbeds, all right? When I first moved to Barstow, uh, like the second week I was here, maybe, uh, my my parents had gone out. They went to a conference out of state. I get a phone call one night, and uh, the church line had been forwarded to the house. We still had landlines at people's houses back then. That's how old I am, 2007. And so it it rings. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, hey, uh, is Pastor Samples there? Well, kind of. I mean, I'm the youth pastor, but uh, the guy you're looking for is not. So, like, we need someone at the hospital now. There's a man that uh, he's dying, and I'm like, oh, I read about this in college. Okay, I'll go. And so I didn't I didn't know where the hospital was. I didn't. And so, and I didn't have a smartphone with GPS, so the girl on the line tells me where the hospital is. So I get to the, Pastor Katie and I get to the hospital, and they take me into this room, and they're like, just so you know, he's highly contagious. I'm like, Okay, 
And so they, they brought me, and they made us put all this stuff on. It, it looked like COVID, but way before COVID, right? You know, they, I mean, I was masked, uh, full body suit, all this stuff. And I go in, and I, and I mean, it was just an awful, I don't go into detail, but I was like, wow, this is crazy. And so I didn't know what I was doing much, except I read the Bible. And, and so we prayed with the family and all this stuff. But as this man's laying there dying, and he did die that night, as he's dying, Nobody in the room, his wife and kids were there. He was a young man. Nobody was saying, man, if only we had made more money in this. Oh, gosh, here you go, dying. If only there was more money. If only we had, you know, had the biggest house. If only we had finally gotten the bigger house than the Smiths got, but it's never going to happen. Nobody was thinking about those stupid things. Everybody was thinking about we got to be ready for heaven. Nobody on their deathbed uh, that I know of is thinking about, man, uh, if only I had made more money, if only I had bought bigger, if only I had advanced further. They're thinking, man, I wish I had spent more time with my kids. I wish that I had made more time with my wife. wish I had actually, you know, gone to church. I wish I had actually followed the Lord. Uh, those are the regrets people have. And there's an old saying, but you never see a U-Haul following the hearse to the cemetery, Right? Well, I better, oh, you know, I don't go through my garage like, yeah, I better hold on to this tennis racket. That'll come in handy when I get to heaven. That's going to be great. Oh, man, honey, start hoarding cash because when we get to heaven, I hear that we, you know, it's worth double up there. We can buy more. None of it's going to matter. None of it is going to matter 100 years from now. And there's a chance some of these things won't even exist one year from now in your life. They're going to burn. Don't you say, 2 Peter chapter 3, go with me, all right? Second Peter chapter 3. So the first time the Lord destroyed the earth, it was with water, right? The book of Genesis, there was a great flood. And I believe that the flood actually happened. I don't believe that it's just theory or, you know, uh, some sort of a cool analogy. No, this thing happened. And uh, the second time this earth gets destroyed, it'll be with fire. And so let's look at Second Peter chapter 3. Are you with me today? Are we having a, an all right time? Amen. So 2 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 12. But what am I talking about? I'm talking about we need to ask the Lord, what's my purpose? What is it you need me to be doing? We don't need to be just standing around with our hands in our pockets thinking about what we can do for us and, and, and all that. I mean, there's a time and a place for relaxation. There's a time and a place for buying nice things, and we're not against all that. But we're definitely against that if you don't ever do anything for the Lord. If you don't ever tell somebody about Jesus, but you tell everybody about, you know, the Super Bowl or tell everybody about your car or tell it. I mean, there's something wrong with that. You ought to talk about Jesus at least sometimes. So Second Peter chapter 3, and we're going to look here at verses 10 through 12. And, man, this, oh, we should read this whole chapter. I'm not going to, but you should read this whole chapter when you get home. Tell me that you'll read the whole chapter when you get home. Are you lying? All right, you better do it. Second Peter chapter 3, the Lord heard that. Verse 10, it says, But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. 
looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. And so what am I talking about? That thing that we're so proud of and spent so much time on right now, it's just going to catch on fire someday. You know, I'm, again, not being mean, but, you know, we work ourselves to the bone, don't have any time for our kids, don't have any time for God, don't have any time for these things, all to buy something that's just going to burn someday. It's not even going to exist anymore. And yet we're so proud of it right now. We're talking to you, Christian, today to say, it's time to get serious right now. Not only to say, okay, I'm good, I've got my ticket to heaven, but what about the people around you? Now, we know this much. You can't take stuff with you, but you can take people with you, right? If they receive Jesus like you did. And so should I spend all of my time and resources on stuff, or should I spend my time and resources on people? Amen? And again, I'll say it for the 10th time today. We're not against you having nice things. We're not against you having a nice car, nice dirt bike, nice house, nice basketball goal, nice, you know, whatever you want to have. That's all fine stuff. Nothing wrong with it. But my goodness, doesn't it just make you cringe a little bit that we work so hard for these things, yet we never tell somebody else, man, Jesus loves you. You know, it's Jesus is there for you. You may have a coworker right beside you crying because they're going through something and like, they're there. You'll make it stay strong. You know what to say. Peter said to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have within you. (laughs) We can do better than this. And so I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with us having stuff, but I'm not going to spend all of my time and effort and resources on a bunch of stuff that's just going to catch on fire someday anyway. I want to spend it on people. They're the only thing that can go to heaven with us. Your family needs to be a top priority in your life. Your kids, they are a priority. Your wife, your husband need to be top of the priority list in your life. But I'm also saying telling other people about Jesus needs to be a top priority in our lives also. And so I'm going to just bring it in here uh, and not go much further. But um, turn to Mark chapter 16. This is one of the final things Jesus said before he ascended to heaven. Mark chapter 16, we're going to look at verses 15 through 16. Now, I I don't pretend uh, to tell everybody what, you know, your calling is this, and you are called to this. I've, I've never told somebody that. That's between you and God. I may have a sense that someone may be called to ministry or whatever, but I'm just not one of those guys that's going to, you know, I'm, if you're called, you're going to be called by God, not by good old Pastor Dave, right? And so, you know, that's between you and God. Um, but I know this much everybody's called to share their faith. Everybody's called to tell somebody else about Jesus. That's, there's no mistake about that. But Jesus said this, Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. And he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to the people that look just like you. The people that you like. No, he said to everyone, anyone who believes. Oh, that's good news. That is good news. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. 
Now, this may sound like it's a little bit out of our comfort zone, but I'm pretty sure the cross was out of Jesus' comfort zone, too. So that kind of just annihilates that argument. Like, pretty sure crucifixion was not a comfortable thing. And Jesus went through with it anyway because people's lives are more important than our comfort. Now, are we talking about you need to get out on the street corner with a, you know, with a, a mega horn and signs and yell at people like, hey, if you want to do that, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm not saying that's what you're supposed to do. You know, you just, whatever God tells you. But if nothing else, it's real easy to talk to people about the Lord right now because people are searching. There's never been a time where so many people want answers and say, what's going, what's going on in the world? I, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen next. And you can say, hey, listen to me. I, l- let's talk for just a minute. There's never been an easier or better time to talk to people about the Lord than there is right now. But I want to show you one final verse, and then we're going to close out. Mark chapter 8 and verse 35. Mark chapter 8 and verse 35, something that Jesus said, and we are – you know, no mistake about it. You have a calling. You have a purpose. And I found that sometimes you're, it, 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 it takes place different than how you pictured it maybe. You know, um, Joseph had this dream about all his brothers would end up needing his help and bowing down to him. He didn't realize that it was going to uh, be in Egypt. He didn't realize that it was going to be after a, during a famine. He thought that out of the goodness of their heart, they were just going to end up loving him someday. Well, his dream came true, but it's when they all needed him in a desperate way. And so maybe you've had a dream since you were a kid. Maybe you've like, well, I want to be a singer. I want to be this. And, and, and God put that gift and calling in your heart, but maybe he's got a different way of making it come about. Maybe he's going to use it, and it's going to take place in a different way than you had originally pictured. For the sake of time, I know that I've got to really, really hurry up here. It's almost noon, but check it out. Growing up as a kid, my dad had this dream of we were going to have – we lived in Indiana, and so we – our goal was to end up building our church right along the uh, the freeway, the, the highway that came through our town. We wanted to have a church right beside the highway with a big cross, and we, we talked about it, and we claimed a church right beside – and, well, things didn't happen that way. And a couple years ago, 2019, I'm sitting there just thinking about life and everything like that. Like, yeah, we always, man, you know, we always thought we were going to be in Indiana. We always thought that that's where uh, our dreams were going to come true. And whatever happened to having that big church right beside the freeway with a big lit up cross on it? That I'm like, hello, dummy. It took place in California, right? <laughs> And so the dream came to pass, and then I just looked up statistics. How many cars on average drive down Highway 37 in Martinsville, Indiana per day? Like 50,000 cars. Then I'm like, how many cars drive through Barstow on Interstate 15 in a given day? And I forget the number now, but I don't, it's like 500,000 or a million or something every single day. And I'm like, whoa, Lord, you made the dream come true. It took place in a different area than what i had pictured but it's bigger and it's better and all these people are better looking than the people in indiana (laughs) all right anyway i just i was pulling for an extra amen but all right mark 8 verse 35 jesus said if you try to hang on to your life you're gonna lose it but if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news you're gonna save it and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? 
Is anything worth more than your soul? And so is having the biggest and best thing in the high desert, is that worth more than losing your soul? Is that worth more than your kids just running away from you when they get? Is that worth more than the things that are going to matter in eternity? The answer is no. There ain't a thing that I own that's worth missing out on heaven or my kids missing out on heaven and my house is going to burn someday anyway. So whatever. That car, my beautiful 2008 Toyota Prius with 250,000 miles, my pride and joy, it's going to burn someday anyway. And so I don't need to go buy a new car to impress everybody. Like, I'm good. It's going to blow up someday anyway. So, but here's the deal, people. Let's get real for just a minute, all right? You do have a gift. You do have a calling. You do have a purpose for being alive right now. And your life's going to get better when you discover what that is. You're going to have to, if you, a lot of you already know, but you need to talk to the Lord about that. And I guarantee you that that purpose will involve rescuing people from the kingdom of darkness so they can go to heaven someday. The rescue business is a risky business. Sometimes people don't want to make that commitment, but it's well worth it. We have a job to do. We've got to start getting serious. It is not the time to be playing games and running off and being lukewarm. It's the time to give Jesus 110%. Can I get an amen today? All right, let's stand up together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to have my prayer team come up here today. I know some of you were visiting with us today for the first time, so if you think we're a little crazy, we are, and, you know, we do crazier things than this, but it's okay. Uh, We love you. And the biggest thing that I would throw out there today is this. If you're here and you have never received Jesus into your life, or, you know, like a lot of people I know, yeah, I did that when I was 10 years old. I said a two-sentence prayer. Hey, (laughs) Jesus will never leave you or forsake you, but it is possible for somebody to leave him and walk away. And so I would challenge you today that, Maybe at one point you were walking with the Lord, but you kind of drifted off. We're not here to judge you or laugh at you. We're here to say, man, let's get this fixed right now. He's coming back like a thief in the night. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we are going to hear the trumpet sound. And, man, we're, we're out of here. And we, don't, we want you to go with us, right? And so if you're here and you do not have that 100% assurance in your heart that you would go to heaven when this whole thing's over, we need to take care of that today. And so what I'm going to do is I, I, I want to I lead us in a prayer, and then I'm going to ask you to actually do something courageous. I'm going to ask you to just come up and, and tell one of us that you've done this, and we want to uh, help you out. We want to give you some further resources, but I don't believe in just saying, if you prayed today, but you're too embarrassed to let anybody know you believe in God, raise your hand and put it down. Before, no, Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll have to deny you before my Father in heaven. But if you'll have the guts to acknowledge me in front of people, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. There's got to be a moment where you said, you know what, yeah, I believe, I've received Jesus, and I'm not embarrassed about it. Amen? You've got to have that moment. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's pray this together. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your Son, Jesus. I believe that he died and that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for any wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. 
Now, if you prayed that prayer, I'm so serious. In a minute, I'm going to have anybody that wants prayer come up. But if you prayed that, I would like for you to come up and tell one of us so we can rejoice with you. We can be praying with you. And we can hook you up with some good resources to help you grow in your faith. Amen. Amen. All right. If you need prayer for anything at all today, for your marriage, for your health, for your kids, whatever, for your dog. We prayed for a dog this week and saw healing as far as I know. Am I right on that? Okay. All right. Anyway, she's not looking. But yeah, prayed uh, a dog got healed this week. So thank you, Jesus. If you need prayer, come on up. Holy. I put my faith in Jesus. My anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus. My anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus. My anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. No, he'll Son to the setting, the same I will praise your name. The great is your faithfulness to me. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the Hope and firm foundation, he'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation. Son to the setting, same I will praise your name. The great is your faithfulness 
rising sun to the setting same I will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me I put my faith in Jesus my anchor to the ground my hope and firm foundation he'll never let me down I put my faith in Jesus my anchor to the ground my hope and firm foundation he'll never let me down no he'll never your faithfulness to me from the rising sun to the setting same I will praise your name the great is your faithfulness to put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation, he'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation, he'll never let me down. No, he'll never let me down. The great is your faithfulness to me. The great is your faithfulness to me from the rising sun to the setting same I will praise your name the great is your faithfulness to
Right, everybody. Wow. Praise God. Who had a good time today in the house of the Lord? Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and close things out. Want to remind you, first of all, that if you're on the softball team, if you're interested in being on the softball team, if you've ever seen a softball, we want you to come to softball practice <laughs> at one o'clock at the high school. Robert and the guys will be out there. So if you want to do softball, uh, men or women, just go on out there. One o'clock at the high school practice field. They'll be doing that. And then intentional parenting class. Parents, intentional parenting class tonight from 4 to 5 p.m. And uh, if you haven't been going to that, then, hey, you missed out. But it's really good. It's it's going to be in victory. Oh, the kids, child care will be in victory hall. So 3.30, you can drop the kids off for that. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Service at 6 o'clock tonight. Pastor's bringing a fiery word from heaven for you. Amen. <laughs> it's going to be an awesome night. Warfare prayer of five. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word. And we thank you, Jesus, that you do have a calling on our life. We are not a mistake. We are not an accident. And, Lord, we thank you that you're going to use us in this day and age to bring people closer to you in the name of Jesus. And I pray that we would submit and say, Lord, have your way. Here I am. Send me. Thank you for it, Jesus. And use us this week to be the light of the world to the Barstow region to the high desert, everywhere we go. We're going to let the light of Jesus shine in this dark world and draw men unto you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? All right. Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow today. Let's say it. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. And if you would like an Easter invitation, grab some. The ushers got them there at the info booth and invite somebody to Easter. Amen.